today our focus is on Mark chapter 4. I hope you have already read the chapter. Um, it's, a, it's a good chapter. It's got some important things uh, to take, teach us. It's full of parables um, and, and also um, a, a hard saying for us to consider. Um, but he teaches parables concerning the, the kingdom and the growth of the kingdom. So let's, let's think through a few things here. And one is just, like I alluded to just a moment ago, is, is thinking through and dealing with difficult passages. Thinking through and dealing with difficult passages. The chapter begins with the well-known parable comparing the spread of the gospel and the, and the growth of the kingdom. We'll discuss some of the ideas present in the parable, but here in the first point, I want to turn our attention to verses 10 through 12, where we find a rather difficult passage to understand. Just as a word of counsel, as you read your Bible regularly, um, you will come across difficult passages on occasion, either passages that you simply don't really even know what they mean, or perhaps passages that are hard and difficult precisely because you understand perfectly <laughs> what it means, and you have a hard time accepting what you what you clearly understand it to say. In either case, our job is to approach God's Word in a humble spirit, acknowledging the in- inadequacy and the finitude of our wisdom and understanding um, compared to His, and seek to do the hard work to understand as best we can and accept by faith whatever it says. We have perhaps an example of that kind of passage here. So let's think a little bit about it. After Jesus told the parable of the sower in verses 1 through 9, and before explaining its meaning in verses 13 through 20, he told his 12 disciples the reason he spoke in parables, verses 10 through 12. Jesus acknowledged that some things he spoke plainly to his disciples. Then he says in verse 11, but for those outside everything is in parables. Then comes the reason taken from Isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 and 10. Quote, so that, and here is the quote, they may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand lest they should turn and be forgiven. Verse 12. What makes this passage so difficult is because of what it is so obviously saying. Jesus is saying that he spoke in parables so that those on the outside, quote-unquote, would, quote, not perceive and, quote, not understand, lest they should, meaning for fear that they should, or so that they would not turn and be forgiven. What in the world could, could Jesus possibly mean by this? Two things, I think, help us understand this passage, while it nevertheless remains a sobering statement. The first thing that is helpful to understand or to remember is the immediate context of this passage. Remember that Mark presents Jesus saying these words early in chapter 4, right after the events of chapter 3. What happened in chapter 3? We thought about this yesterday. The Jewish leaders were seeking, quote, to destroy Jesus, Mark 3, 6. And some even committed the eternal sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, verses 22 through 30 of Mark 3. For the one who commits that sin, Jesus said, he, verse 29 he, of 3, never has forgiveness. 
I think it's these to whom Jesus is referring when he speaks of in Mark 4.11 as those outside, namely those who have already in a full and final way rejected the teaching of Jesus and what he came to do, even in an unforgivable way. To these, Jesus speaks in parables so that they won't, quote, lest they should hear and believe. The door has been closed to them. They refused to believe and even actively slandered the Lord. And the Lord's just judgment of them was to harden their hearts in their unbelief. And we see that the Lord doing that elsewhere in Scripture. See the Lord doing that to Pharaoh in Exodus chapter 4, chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10. Does it to Pharaoh over and over again and also in Romans 11 to the Jews. The second thing that is helpful to remember in, confir- in confirming this understanding of the passage is the context of the passage quoted from Isaiah. Remember that Mark is quoting Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And the context of that passage in Isaiah um, is, is this hardening of the people's hearts is part of God's judgment against Old Test- the Old Testament Israelites for their continued unfaithfulness and unbelief. That's the context of Isaiah. The, the Old Testament people of Israel had been uh, persisting in, in unbelief, and that, Isaiah 6 is God's judgment on them and hardening their hearts in that unbelief. So here, the Jewish leaders, who of all people should have recognized the Messiah, clearly rejected the Lord's repeated, uh, uh, the Lord repeatedly, even seeking to destroy him. And by this, they earn, earn for themselves the just judgment of the Lord. This judgment came in the form of hardening their hearts, which even ultimately served the Lord's good purpose of providing salvation to everyone who believes. Their continued hardness of heart, uh, you'll see that in Mark chapter 8 and chapter 9 and chapter 10 coming up, while a, a just judgment and curse on the leaders was the means by which Jesus would eventually go to the cross and die for the salvation of all who would receive him and come to him in repentance and faith. So, in sum... Yeah, this is certainly a difficult text both to understand and to receive. Uh, It is just as certainly a text revealing to us both the justice and the mercy of the Lord. Let's think next about barriers to belief. Barriers to belief. After pronouncing judgment on the Jewish leaders, Jesus explains several other barriers to belief through his telling and explanation of the parable of the sower parables in verses 1 through 9, the explanations in verses 13 through 20. And of course, if you're familiar with the parable, you'll remember that Jesus likened the kingdom uh, to seed, representing the gospel message, being sown in different types of soil, representing human hearts. Jesus identifies reasons why in many types of soil the seed doesn't grow or produce fruit. Sometimes the birds come and eat the seed before it roots. Sometimes the rocky uh, ground doesn't provide depth for the seed to root. Other times the seed begins to grow until thorns and thistles choke it out. Jesus later says that these obstacles in farming um, are like obstacles many face in hearing and responding to the gospel message. Just like the birds snatch away the seed once it falls, falls, uh, so also Satan takes away the word once it, it is heard. Jesus doesn't elaborate on how exactly Satan does this, but simply declares that he does it. And that should cause us to pray fervently for those who need Christ not only before, but especially after they hear the message. 
And just like the rocky soil doesn't provide depth for the seed to grow, so also some who appear to be believers do not survive the hardships of the faith because the gospel never really did take root in their hearts. And finally, just as thorns and thistles choke out the fledgling plant, so also, quote, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things, as Jesus said, take precedence over the gospel and smother it. Jesus does say there is good soil in which the seed grows, meaning there, there are hearts ready to receive the gospel and follow Christ, but we need to be especially aware and careful that we don't fall prey to these enemies of fruitful faith that Jesus very clearly identifies here. How do we do that? Jesus tells us in the, in the first word of verse 3, listen. Listen to the word of the Lord each day in the scriptures and prayerfully walk in obedience to it, relying every moment on the Lord's grace and strength. Next, the growth of the kingdom, the parables teach us, is going to be sure and steady. Jesus told two more parables in the chapter, both involving seed, illustrating the growth of the kingdom. The first parable in verses 26 through 29 emphasizes our responsibility to spread the word of the gospel and then leave the results to the Lord. Notice in the first parable that the seed, in verse 27, sprouts and grows while the farmer sleeps. In fact, it specifically says the farmer knows not how the seed grows, reiterating it is his job to plant and cultivate. God causes the growth. The other parable about the mustard seed is simply a parable illustrating how something small produces and turns into something large. By this, Jesus is illustrating how the kingdom begins small with just 12 disciples, but over time, the promise to Abraham will be fulfilled and the kingdom will number, quote, as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore, Genesis twenty-two seventeen. The kingdom may not appear to be growing fast, but it is growing surely and steadily. So let's be faithful ourselves to remain steadfast in the faith and be faithful witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ as he gives us opportunity. Finally, the powerful authority of Jesus and the feebleness of our faith. The powerful authority of Jesus and the feebleness of our faith. Sort of just wrap up with a story. Uh, The chapter ends with a story that may appear out of place. It's the account of Jesus calming the wind and the waves of the sea during a storm. It only appears to be out of place. I believe it is a very clear it has a very clear place in the flow of thought of the chapter. Um, it, it, it does, without question, reveal, again, the power and authority of the Lord. I believe in, in, in a uh, more immediate reason the story is presented here is to highlight the feeble faith of the disciples. Jesus had to ask them during the storm, Why are you so afraid? Have you no faith? Mark 4.40. This chapter began with Jesus denouncing those who denounced him, hardening their hearts so that they would continue in their unbelief. Well, the chapter ends now showing that even those who do believe do so with imperfect faith. I believe Jesus gave them this display of his power, powerful authority to strengthen their weak faith. Now, I can identify with these disciples, and I'm sure you can too. Uh, what a comfort that while Jesus highlighted the weakness of their faith, he rebuked the wind and waves, not the disciples. We, should be, we, we shouldn't be content with weak and feeble faith, but we can be confident that the Lord is patient with us in our weakness. And remember that today and thank him for his never-failing goodness towards us. And that's Mark chapter 4.